Hello and welcome back to Babbling Brooks's. We are your hosts. I'm Charlie. And I'm Sonny. And today we're going to talk about um, superhero fatigue. Um, so this is uh, the day after we've recorded our introduction episode. Yeah. We're not recording it directly on Spotify, so we're going to have... That's my phone going off. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so this we... is... I was trying to predict what you were going to say and I couldn't think of it. Well, I was just going to say, um, we've got more than 30 minutes because we're not recording it on Spotify. We've oh, got, yeah, that was We've it. got uh, more, a lot more time, so we're not uh, pressed for time. We're not going to rush it like we did in our introduction episode. And um, I think we should talk, uh, we'll touch on some stuff that we did say in that introduction episode about this podcast and what we plan, uh, but maybe expand on that. Um, we did say that we had some episodes planned. Um, we're not going to do uh, daily um, podcast. Pod- uh, daily podcast. This is um, for this first week. We want to get as many episodes as done as possible. As we're going to get as many out as possible. Then most likely we're going to do. Weekly. We'll do weekly. And if we'll the, and if there's some episodes that I would like to do, we we could we like to do. During the week, mm-hmm. outside that uh, daily schedule, we'll um, if there's that any... weekly schedule, we'll. Um, because it depends on the subject. It's, and it depends it? if there's like any new big superhero news or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would say it was. It would be. It's going to be a weekly podcast, but and we tend to. St- we want to stick to that. But if say news comes out about the latest blockbuster or um, a trailer drop, a trailer drops, we like to comment on that and give our um, feelings. Uh, mm. uh, how we feel about it? Are we excited? Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Yes. Especially if there are any news. If there's any like new m- news about Marvel that people may not um, know in advance. Because mm-hmm. that's what I, I want. This is the main reason I actually wanted to do this podcast. Obviously, I wanted to talk with Babble with you. But it was mainly because um, I know a lot of people who like Marvel films or DC films. That at, don't know about what's actually happening. But sometimes may not know. Yeah, some people may not know what is currently happening with certain films like maybe um i i hardly um it's highly unlikely that anyone on this podcast right now is does knows about um the writer's strike in america yeah Um, no i didn't know about that until you told me about it yeah exactly now i'm worried about (laughs) films that is another episode god i'm coming up with a load of uh things we could talk about the writer's writer's strike i'm writing this down writer's strike that's one thing we could talk about for an episode See, everybody's going on strike these days and i hate it yeah everyone's going on strike these days writers um train Train, drivers trains yeah uh I think I can't remember who teachers else. go on teachers strike. go on strike as well, don't they? Yeah, everyone's day- on strike. Get days off school though, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is I mean not bad. But you've broken up for school anyway, so it's, yeah, it's good for it's good that you're off. Yeah, uh, summer summertime. It's not yet, but soon. well, it's not yet, but you, it is soon. soon. I mean, it's already pretty sunny outside. It's quite lovely today. Yeah, we, we could be outside um, touching grass, but we're... Touching grass. We're inside doing a podcast instead, which, to be honest, I can't be asked with grass. Yeah. I was out I, I was out today, mm. anyway, so, yeah. You and me and a friend, weren't you? A group of friends. A group of friends, but there was one friend in particular that... Shout out to you, Connor. He's come back down from Peterborough because ah. he moved up there, and he's come back down. Was it nice seeing him again? It was, yeah. Oh, good. 
Well, welcome back, Connor. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Um, so yeah, we this. My main reason to do this podcast was because uh, I want to keep not just my myself up on update um, with any latest news and stuff, but maybe anyone else who might be curious, um, who might listen to this podcast, and um, they, I don't know, they 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 might be interested, hopefully. Because there's a lot going on with Marvel right now that people may not know about. There's the Jonathan Majors controversy. There's the constant shifting back of content. The writer's strike as well, which we've already mentioned. But that's a reason I like to do this. Um, But those could be episodes, maybe during our weekly episodes, but... Or during the week. Depends on how urgent the situation is, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Depends if it's breaking news or whatever. Yeah. So there is, there is quite a lot we would like to do, but um, for today's episode, we are going to talk about... Superhero fatigue. Yes, uh, superhero fatigue, which... Um, there will be some people here that won't know what superhero fatigue is, so... Well, you didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. Well, well now it's I not do. like an actual thing, but it's... The way I see it, it's a belief that uh, many people have had since 2019... It was around the time um, Avengers Endgame and Joker were released, and Martin Scorsese, legendary filmmaker, um, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but at the time, he said Marvel films, or maybe superhero films in general, are not cinema. And obviously the response to it was quite... He got quite a bit of backlash, especially from those who are in the comic book industry, writers and directors from the industry. But then he clarified in a layer quote that what he meant was that they're they're less they're not exactly not cinema but um, they're less of a proper form of art than they are roller coaster rides you know that wave of emotion that you might get yeah and then you could just forget about the next day the way I view superhero fatigue my definition of it isn't in my head is. Getting bored of superhero films. Mm. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves with that. Um, yeah. So it did start around the time with Martin Scorsese saying that quote. And ever since, other filmmakers have chimed in saying, I, I agree with him. I, I don't agree with him. And it wasn't a real thing. It wasn't a real conversation until um, late 2021 when... Marvel's Eternals was released and received um, the uh, at the time the only rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I did uh, it flop. It didn't. It didn't flop. Marvel's very secretive of their box office numbers and their and the profits they make with films. I can imagine. Like a film could cost two million dollars and it could gross three million, which I think Black Widow did. But they're very secretive on oh, how gosh. much of a profit that film turned. I hate it, as, Black Widow. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> and it's the same as uh, Shang-Chi and Eternals. They didn't gross as much. And at the time, as I think they are the lowest grossing films that as part of um, Phase 4 of Marvel films. I liked Shang-Chi a lot. It wasn't until No Way Home where um, Marvel made more money than they uh, like they used to again with when it grows to a billion dollars. They, they just picked themselves up from yeah. the bottom of the barrel. But after the release of Eternals and its polarising response, I mean, let's be honest, um, I don't think... I've, it's probably the most divisive Marvel film. It's like The Last Jedi of Marvel. It is, isn't it? I like to... I don't, but though, I think they'll be doing a disservice to 
Eternals, or maybe a disservice to Last Jedi. Depends on how you feel it. You mm. might like Last Jedi. You may hate it. You may love it. You may be in the middle of it. You may love Eternals. You may hate Eternals. Or you may be in the middle of that. For both films, I am in the middle. There's things I really mm. love about both films, but things I think really drag down the quality of those films. And although it has a rotten score on Ron Smarts, it's not necessarily... Uh, that doesn't mean it's the quality of the film. Because if, if... This is a little... Uh, yeah. Side rant. Not side rant, but a little segue into like... Um, a thing that like we should clarify. Diversion. But the way Rotten Tomato works is that um, when a critic reviews a film, they um, have they, they they have two options. They either gave it uh, a thumbs up, they recommend this film, or a thumbs, thumbs down. down, they they. You can skip out on this one. Yeah, you can skip out on this film. Uh, we don't recommend it. Um, and the Rotten uh, the Tomato Meter. Whatever number that shows, that's the amount of critics that have reviewed it have given it a positive score. If you, and so basically, forty-seven percent of critics who reviewed Eternals um, gave it a positive um, re, um, review. Review. But again, even though it's the low, it's a wonderless tie with Quantumania right now. But um, <laughs> I don't see that as a indicative of its quality. And more of its general divisiveness. People will either love it for what it is or hate it for what it is. I, I praise it for what it attempted to be, but just there could have been, buys it, could have it been, for what it ended up being. It could have been so much better, is what you're saying. Yeah. See, it, I could, it had the potential. I will say this. I think it had the potential to be one of, if not the best, Marvel films. Because it had a legendary director in Chloe Zhao... The source material is amazing and just very expansive. A lot of world building you could really dive into and great characters you can get invested in. The visual style, the 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 way it, the film looks, the action, um, the cast, it was all good. But the problem is it was too ambitious for his own good. This, is, this feels like something that we should probably say when we review Eternals for a later date. Yeah. So... Um, well, I just know, I just know somebody that is probably listening to this right now, because we discussed about Marvel films. She said that her least favorite Marvel film was Eternals, which is fair. It I, is fair. Which is fair. I know some people really like Eternals, and I. It's not one of my least favorites. I preferred it at the time over Before the Dark World. I still do. Ooh. But um, it is still one of the bomb the barrel uh, Marvel films. Not the worst. But one of the weakest. Yeah. See, the term worst is very flimsy in a way. Because the worst is either it's bad or whatever. Or the worst could mean it's not as good as the others. The, when, the, when, I, when I hear people say it's the worst, it, I, um, it's, I get if people say, it's, oh, it's, it's the, their least favourite. But um, sometimes I think people should be clear on what they mean, uh, what they mean by worst. Does that mean it's really bad, or is it just your least favourite? Because yeah. otherwise you could just say weakest. Like, mm-hmm. I could say... Um, I could say the worst uh, Harry Potter film is Order of the Phoenix. And that would probably indicate that it's you bad. You don't like it. Or no, it indicate that it's bad, or I think it's bad. Yeah. 
but I would rather say it's the weakest Harry Potter film. It's still got a lot of stuff in it that um, makes it good a good watch, and is I think a good still a good film. Yeah. It's just my least favorite of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So yeah. not, but that's the yeah. I think that's, that's the that's the idea of it. That's the idea of it. I think that's what um, people should when they talk about stuff in the future for probably um, clarify when they're talking about worst and uh, weakest. Right. But, where were we? Superhero <laughs> fatigue. Yes. Uh, so after uh, Eternals came out and people were divided on the film, it sparked a conversation which is around superhero fatigue. And every six months, every time uh, superhero films either weren't loved by critics or lost or didn't perform as well as they did uh, with making money, mm-hmm. um, this conversation is always brought up. Is superhero fatigue happening? And what um, people mean by this, I don't necessarily know, because people say, like, is it because um, people are fed up with uh, superhero films? Because, personally, I think the answer is more complicated than just people are tired of superheroes. Yeah. There is something happening. There is a shift happening in the cultural climate, especially with cinema and in the in the post-COVID era. Hmm. Uh, and would and while I wouldn't label it superhero fatigue, I understand where the sentiment comes from. But just the lack of excitement yeah. for superhero. But I'll leave you uh, to give your opinions on it first, Sonny, because uh, either this is the question I posed to you for this episode, and I, I would like to hear what you have to say for it first before yeah. I ramble on for maybe ten minutes about it. Mm. What, what, what what's the question? Because you said oh. you had a question. Oh, is superhero fatigue real? And is it happening right now? I'm going to go personal on this one. I think slightly. Because I remember after... I think it was um, Black Widow came out. Black Widow was the start of Phase 4, I believe. It w- Well, it was, the fa- it was the start of Phase 4 in regards of uh, the films. In the, f- the film, because One Division happened at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Black Widow came out in July. I'm talking about the films here, so yeah, I watched that, and let's just say I did not enjoy it. I, you I don't really like that. I film. really do not like it because th- there was like no stakes. We already knew uh, Black Widow's fate. Mm. We already knew there was no like actual. There was no hook. Also, they did Taskmaster so dirty. They did. They did. They honestly, he's he's just he's got such a cool design in the comics. Not to say the design's bad in the Marvel film, but they just take his character and just like look how they massacred my boy. Yeah, they just stomp on it. That's yeah. all they do, and I hated it and so then they, much. They take a piss on it, That's and right. and the CGI. The CGI, what's it? The scene where uh, Yelena shoves the stick in the uh, jet. The jet, yeah. The jet, and it blows up. Oh, my God. And Ray Winston goes up in flames, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, that was awful. After that, I was like, okay, right. So this is a very rare Marvel... It's a very rare Marvel L, as I would call it. Like, this has been the first film in a while where I have not enjoyed it. 
Then didn't what what came next? Was it Shang Chi? Shang Chi. Shang Chi. I I don't know how to say it. Is it Shang Shang? I don't know. Um, I remember when that was a thing. Everyone was. <laughs> I remember every, when before anyone anyone ever said the name, uh, Shang Chi, because everyone used to call it Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Because that's how it's spelled, Shang Chi. But in the films uh, and before when they were releasing it around the time, Kevin Feige, who was the head of Marvel Studios, pronounced it as Shang-Chi. So Shang-Chi. I really liked it. I have a soft spot for it. I know that there's some, you have some criticisms with it. I don't, I don't I, when I, you say that, I... Not like criticisms as in like, oh, this... There, there are problems, like, no, no film's perfect. Like, no, no, no film's perfect. Like, some of my favourite films are um, not perfect. So while I don't find Shang-Chi to be a perfect film, there are, uh, I think, uh, the first two acts, it's top-tier Marvel. Mm-hmm. But then the third act loses me a bit. So while I do have my problems, I do think it's still a solid film in Marvel's category, and it could have been a far worse film. Yeah. Like one of my favorite bits about it, and the reason why one of the one of the reasons why I love it so much is the Mandarin. Oh, the Mandarin is such a good villain. He's isn't it? he is intimidating. He is an intimidating villain. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, and em- the emotional connection with the hero as well. Well, I, I mean, obviously he's um, Shang Chi's dad. Yeah. Well, what's the next film? Eternals. You haven't seen that. Eternals. I so mean... you can't really comment on that one. Yeah. So no way home. No way home. Right. Uh, top 10, possibly top 7, top 5, whatever. It's a top tier MCU film, in my opinion. Mm. That might be because it's like, oh, I'm being boof, hit in the face with like... The nostalgia. Oh, nostalgia. You're being biased with nostalgia. There, there's always going to be some people who are like, well, actually, it's not a good film. I and only you only have... like it because Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield yeah, are in it. I only have one criticism with it. How was that? And that's... They're casting a whole spell to forget, and Doctor Strange didn't go through like the terms and conditions beforehand. <laughs> I mean, I get we all, whenever we get something or all that, we always just skip past the terms and conditions, like, yep, yep, yep. But it's something, a magic spell. Surely you should, because the only thing is, you could just say, right, everyone will forget you. You could have said that beforehand, instead of he pulling did, it he, off. He started doing the spell, and it wasn't until... He said something dodgy that Peter pesters on him to say what he meant by it, and mm. he reveals, "Oh, this is gonna mean everyone forgets who you are." Every single and person. And the spell gets is ruined from there on out. A grown man, especially the um, sorcerer supreme. Well, who was supposed to be? Who is the former sorcerer supreme? But a top, um, a, a very skilled and powerful sorcerer, you'd think he'd be more, a bit more responsible yeah. and, you know, let Peter know in on the uh, dangers of the spell. In advance. In advance. So, But apart from that, that's your... That, yeah, yeah, I just think it's a really good film. After that... Multiverse of Madness. Doctor right. Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. The only word I can really describe it with is underwhelming. Like, I was so hyped for this, because I heard Sam Raimi, uh, Marvel's first horror-esque film, I was like, you know what, I've got this. Then then Wanda was the villain. And Mm. I just, I hate her as a villain. 
I love her as a character. I just absolutely. I, I think they ruined. I doing. think they, and this is especially with Marvel's lack of care in in addressing the damage that Wanda can cause and justifying it at the end of WandaVision. But that's nothing. That's just more WandaVision. Yeah, she but, could literally kill everyone but in her way. First of Madness. I'm not. I know people will say like, oh, they like Wanda as a villain. I've never been a fan of how they depict her as a villain. I think it could have been done better. I still think she would have been the perfect villain for the film. I just don't like how, I don't know, she's too evil. How are we she... supposed to believe that this character, you, you, we used to root, how would, did we used to root for this character? She's too evil. Yeah. And it's not like a character where in Guardians 3, I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible because the film's still in cinemas, but High Evolutionary. High Evolutionary is a hateable villain and he's great because of it. But wonder, like they want, they villain. want her to. We want, um, they want us to root her for her as a villain, oh. while at the same time making her do horrendous stuff that they try to justify. It's like the flag smashers from Falcon and Winter Soldier all over yeah. again. They they are terrorists. So when you say stop calling them terrorists, they're misunderstood. No, they still kill people. Yeah, I'm not. But, you're not going to justify that. Yeah, just like just because they have a sad backstory doesn't justify them being terrorists, does it? Mm. And um, so after that is Four Love and Thunder. Oh no! <laughs> right, and you know this as well. My expectations for this film were high. I think that was Julie because Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi, who directed the last four film for Ragnarok, which was brilliant, which everyone agrees is the best four film. Gore seemed really promising as a villain. He seemed did. really intimidating. You hired the best talented, highly talented, the most highly talented actor that MCU will ever get in the form of Christian Bale. Yeah. Christian fucking Bale, Batman as your villain. How the fuck do you fuck that up? They did. They did. They managed to do it though. Do you know how Char jokes? The overbearing jokes. I think there was only one or two bits that I just went. Huh. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. It was at just, all. It was just it was more it. of an earnest. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> or like a breathe out the nose. Like. Hmm. Uh, that was the only one I can think of. Was you flicked too hard? Damn it! That was the one that got. But that was here. just in the trailer. I I laughed at that. Yeah, the first yeah, time. in the, in the trailer. trailer. But I just scoffed a little bit whenever in the cinema. I was like, <laughs> can't really remember another joke that actually made me laugh. Neither can I. I think it was just that one. But that was in my in my eyes. That's the most disappointing Marvel film. It's the most insulting, in my opinion. It's probably yeah. It's probably the most insulting because it just. I, I didn't like Jane Foster. The CGI, oh my days. I think this is the moment that everyone started complaining about Marvel's uh, CGI problems. Well, I mean, we had bad CGI before in yeah, Black but Widow. Yeah, Heindel's kid's head, like when he was talking to Thor, when they were all captured. Axel, him. yeah. Axel. And they had that whole conversation, no, I go by Axel now. It's, Shut it's up. It's Axel. Yeah. Shut up, honestly. Um, well, after that, um, thankfully, was kind of forever. Right. Which I, I know that other people liked this film, but didn't think it was that like was. Uh, they thought they it were, was good. They were dealt the worst hand possible. They lost their. Unfortunately, they lost their yeah. movie star. Chadwick Boseman passed away. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. 
you got to you got to give it to Marvel though. They they got dealt a horrible hand, like absolutely horrible. But they managed to pull a good film out of the bag. They still managed to make a good film, a flawed film, but a good film. A flawed but uh, in my opinion, great film. And it, there, there are big criticisms like Iron Heart. She didn't really have much. She feels shoehorned in as a character. Just to introduce her in her show, which they could. I know t- another character like that in a future film, but we'll get to that one when it comes out. <sighs> and you already know who it is. Do, Do I? Yes, you will. Uh, well, probably, maybe I don't know. We'll get. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, dear. But I think it was a film, especially for <laughs> me after the. Poor, or I would say underwhelming, uh, how underwhelmed I was from Multiverse Madness and Love and Thunder. I was happy Wakanda Forever was a slight return to form. That's not saying much, but it was improving over the last two. Yeah. It was It was just a good film. Mm. Like, Namor, or Namor, whatever, I, I'm just going to call him Namor because it's simpler. He calls himself Namor, but I think Namor. others call him Namor. Name, I'm just going to Which say. is annoying. It's like, I'm going to say Namor. It's like the Raz or Raish Al Ghul sort of thing. Yeah. Like some films and shows call him Raz Al Ghul. It's Raish Al Ghul. Raish Al Ghul. Raish Al Ghul. It sounds better. Uh, yeah, it sounds a lot cooler. Um, Namor, he was pretty. He was intimidating to say the least he genuinely i was like oh because mm. he was a bit unpredictable as well he was a, i love unpredictable yeah. villains like homelander that's why homelander is one of the best villains in all of media he is isn't he and it's that unpredictableness it's how like you don't know what he's going to do next because there's that scene do you remember that scene from season two where they're trying to recruit a new member for the seven. Don't they get that blind guy who uh, uses these very? He's got very sensitive ears. That don't help. don't say anything else from here. But he does something that is so unbelievably horrid, yet so out of nowhere, and just and he says something afterwards that you're just like Jesus Christ. So what's, very scary villain. Yeah, what's and Anthony Starr gives a fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's, I can't say he's, that word. He's great. I can never say that word. Phenomenal. Uh, fucking phenomenal performance. Thank you, Sonny. You're welcome, Charlie. <laughs> um, what comes after Love and Thunder? No, we just did Love and Thunder and Wakanda Forever. Oh yeah, Wakanda. What, uh, what um, this forever. brings us to the last film we're going to talk about because this the the oh. superhero for t- well not the last film we're going to talk about but it's the last film from Mar- released from Marvel which we're going to talk about because it was after this film was released and another one from DC well a couple others from DC that this yeah. um the whole topic of debate was yeah, brought just... up and that is Ant-Man Quantumania Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania just, we're not going to talk about Guardians 3 because that is a but top... that's that's yeah, later because no, that, that's a top 10 MCU film yeah but that's for later that's for later Quantumania I was saying earlier about another character that was crowned in just for the sake of being introduced Kang the Conqueror there was no okay there was no need for him to be the main villain they were thinking oh uh, Ant-Man has a third film. We have absolutely no clue what to do. Let's make him the main villain. They well, could have no. easily did Modoc as the main villain and could, made him much have. a much more compelling character. Because quite frankly, Modoc was my least favorite bit about the film. I just 
I think he's the everyone's least favourite bit of that film. No, because you've just got them weirdos on TikTok that are just like, oh my god, Modoc, best bit about uh, Quantumania. Um, just shut on up. T- on TikTok. It's <laughs> a weird community on TikTok, Char. The pinnacle of MCU character mm. development. My name is Darren, and I am not a dick. It's a shame, really, because we go... Well, it's actually, it's not a shame. It's a pretty good thing. Uh, we go from one of the worst bits of character development, in my opinion, with Darren as MODOK, to Rocket Raccoon. In Guardians 3. In Guardians 3. Which is something we, we could we do. We will a, discuss we if could, we do a review on it. We'll, we'll do a review we on it, but it review. will probably be quite a while before we do a review on that. That does not fit under this topic because I was excited for this one. So, yeah. Right, uh, and that thing you said about um, they've came was shoehorned in. That's uh, that reminded me of something else I want to talk about. As one of those uh, news sort of things episodes where stuff is revealed. Is about this got to do like, with Jonathan Majors? Well, not Jonathan slightly, but not with the situation that's going on with him. Right. And I'll just get. I'll just let you know now. But Marvel's uh, the plan that Marvel has for its multiverse saga. Um, it was. Never originally intended to be so Kane focused, and the only oh. ma- decided to make Kane the villain was because um, they they saw Jonathan Major's performance in qu- bits of Quantumania and Loki that they did it season one Loki, season Loki one and they were like yeah this is our guy this is our way forward so I wonder and this is something for another episode but it, I wonder if this is the reason that Marvel feels so disjointed at the moment they kept changing their plans as they go along and they're not happy with what they're doing do you want to know what i think they're gonna do now what and i actually am excited for this because i think this would be really good and you we were talking about this the other day dr doom Do- i wonder if dr doom was the originally intended plan because there was rumors of a long time for a long time that dr doom was supposed to be in a post credit scene for wakanda forever but i wonder if that was part of the original script uh or the original cut of the film, but they decided to cut it only because they didn't want to overshadow the film, which is supposed to attribute to Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Because uh, you, you and they also really... want, but maybe they wanted to focus more on Kane and less on Doctor Doom. Yeah. I, I only say that just because um, one of the um, announced Avengers films coming in the future as part of the two part uh, like Infinity War and Endgame were, they've got two films coming up: The Kane Dynasty and Secret Wars. Basically, Kane Dynasty is in the name. Kane's probably the villain intended for that for that film, but Secret Wars is based on a storyline from Marvel Comics where Doctor Doom is the main villain. So yeah. So I always wondered, were they going to introduce Doctor Doom originally, or did they decide to give Doctor Doom's role in that story to Kane, mm. so he's the villain overall? Because I don't think they should rush Doctor Doom. He's a villain that I think they should stick around for Marvel. It's like quite well. They took three phases to introduce Thanos. They did. They did. Well, they introduced him beforehand, but they didn't introduce his character. We're going to they phase slowly... five, aren't we? We're in phase five already. We're already in phase five. Quantumania was the first uh, phase in five phase film. Five. Oh. But um, Quantumania, yeah, Quantumania was the film, is one of the few films that spawns this discussion once again, every, like, discussion that happens every six months. On DC side, we've had... Films like Black Adam, which um, 
again, is a bit more divisive because some people just liked it as being a shameless, Fast and Furious, plug Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson plug-in Easy Go sort of film. Yeah. And the bombastic action, but I think it was just sorely lacking in any depth. Mm-hmm. And then we got Shazam, Fury, Fury of the Gods, which now I will say I enjoyed a lot more than I expected, especially since when the few reviews came out and mm. they seemed a bit more mixed. But and while I do think it again, it's a flawed film. I really I, liked I, it. I still think it's a fun watch. I think people could um, watch this film. <sighs> My only big criticism, this is it's minor and major, is. The ending. You know how I feel about the ending. What ending? The, when you say the Fury end. of the Gods. Yeah, but what specific yeah. bit? Wonder Woman. Oh, well, she, how she feels shoehorned in. And how literally she came out of nowhere. She came back with the milk, basically, just out of nowhere. <laughs> and she didn't come in with her milk. She she didn't she didn't walk in on the scene with the milk. Let's <laughs> well, clarify just, that. She just came in with like a carton of milk, just like oh, hello, here you go. No, that didn't happen. But she just came in out of nowhere. Apart uh, from one scene that for uh, that had a reference to her earlier, it wasn't. If she felt pretty shoehorned in. But mm. the novelty of cinematic universes, I guess you could have cameos popping in and out. But at the same time, if for what her she was intended to do in the story, what her purpose for her, her being in the story was, it feels like just cheap and a cop out. Hmm. But we won't say anything more on that just because people may have not seen the film, uh, so they don't know what she what what she does in the film. But apart yeah. from that, um, we liked it. Although unfortunately, um, it ended up being the lowest gross in. Uh, DC Extended Universe, which is basically really? DC's... Ver- yeah. The DC Extended Universe is DC's version of Marvel's Cinematic Universe. So all their films they've had since Man of Steel. Not all their films. They've had some Elseworlds, as they put it. Like films the outside of their continuity. Like, Joker and the like Batman. Joker and the Batman. But every film from there on out seems to be in the same continuity. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods ended up being the lowest grossing. So it made mm. 100 million... Against 125 million, I think I I I I should get out the numbers to just to verify. But I remember yeah, just check reading now. an article saying um, it's ended its uh, run by being the lowest grossing uh, DC extended film. Let me have a look at this now. Yeah. Right. Uh, the f- yeah the film received mixed reviews from critics. I'm looking on Wikipedia right now and Wikipedia. The film received mixed reviews from critics who considered it inferior to its predecessor. It was also a box office bomb, grossing 133 million worldwide against a production budget of 110 to 125 million. Jeez. So, based on, I think that that is the lowest grossing DC Extended Universe film, and um, I, as I said earlier, Marvel's a bit more bit more hush hush on their profits on their films. <sighs> yeah. But um, Quantumania. Um, only grossed four hundred and seventy around four hundred seventy five million against its two hundred million budget, Ooh. and especially because those two films, it's Fury of the Gods and Quantumania, that sparked this conversation once again. They both were received mixed reviews from critics, uh, and both I wouldn't say bombed, but they both underperformed expectations in yeah. money making. 
But that's that basically spawned the question: Are people uh, are people fed up with um, superheroes? Superheroes, and obviously we've talked about um, like all the films and what they we felt about that. Uh, how you felt about each of them? So, yeah. how are you overall? How do you believe in superhero fatigue? Do you think it's real, or is there what? What do you think the reason is hmm. if there's fatigue, uh, superhero fatigue? Yeah, I'm. I earlier I said slightly, and for me it's mixed. In like I'll have some days where I think yeah, superhero t- fatigue is a thing. People are just getting fed up at these films, but other days I'll be thinking doesn't re- it doesn't really exist. It's just like it's just. Uh, these it's just DC and Marvel just pumping out a less than stellar film every other mm. film basically. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there is an argument for both of them. I am slightly towards more. I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm slightly towards. Yes, it does exist, but I'm not hundred percent sure anymore. All I'm saying is that. I am slightly fed up with some like with yeah. superhero films. I think I'm gonna uh, say I think you're fed up with mediocre superhero films. Yeah, I think that's the problem, and I think that's where most people's problem stems from. Superhero fatigue. It's less to do with the superheroes as a genre. Genre about superhero genre later, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's less to do with the super the novelty of superheroes and more on the quality of the films that they appear in. I, I personally think that... Uh, I, I wonder if your opinion will change after I've said all this, but I... Um, <laughs> it's very hard um, to say we're in the phase of superhero fatigue because for, for many years now, since I'd say the first Avengers film, which came out in 2012, um, and since then, superhero films have been dominating the box office... And they've been bringing the blockbuster market. You look at most blockbusters now. If it's not part of a super of the superhero genre or of a shared universe, uh, you're not likely to make enough money. So they've been reigning um, the blockbuster um, market for quite a while. Uh, but we've always we've obviously had superhero films before now. Some even date back to the seventies. And I don't know. Mm. I think the 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 success of the first X-Men film, which was released back in 2000. So this is two years before I was born. But I remember as a kid, that was a film I used to watch I was when I got into superheroes and that sort of stuff. So that was the first one of the first superhero films I saw when I was young. And yeah. that was, uh, at the time, uh, a critical and commercial success. Yes. And because of that success, uh, comic book... Adaptation saw a massive surge in popularity. Uh, I will say there are quite a few films that I am proud to say were my favourites of my childhood, like mm. Hellboy, the Hellboy films by Guillermo del Toro. Um, he's just a he's a really good filmmaker. He's a good filmmaker. Very like that Pinocchio film that he made. Oh, that was depressing, but, <laughs> it, was really, but it was really good. Um, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah, I think everyone really has a soft spot for those films. Hopefully, I, I, I know nah. there's some detractors out there, but um, there's some people that are wrong. Out and there. my f- uh, my all time favorite trilogy of comic book films is the Dark Knight trilogy. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I think they are uh, among the greatest superhero films we ever had. Uh, 
Mm. And but I don't think it was a success. It wasn't the success of of um, the. It wasn't until the success of the the first Avengers film that uh, superhero films finally became the blockbusters that um, they are now. I think I, I don't know why I just said then. I hope I said blockbusters. You did say blockbusters, I believe. <laughs> I, it sounded like I said blockbusters or something. Blockbusters. But they were they superhero. It was as soon as Avengers came out, blockbuster uh, superhero films were the blockbusters you take you take your whole family to see. Oh. Oh my god! So you not. I have it. to do that every single episode. Well, could you do it a bit more appropriate? <laughs> okay, I don't know, cause like, yeah, we've been going for like thirty minutes. Think so. Forty minutes. 40 I can't, minutes. I can't yeah, no, really four, check. I can't really check the time on uh, this uh, voice recorder. But um, we've been going on a lot longer than the first episode was. Yeah, because we're using a different software. Well, obviously, but um, I mean, like we we're just not tracking our time. But yes. it wasn't the success until the success of Avengers that ev- that superhero films were the blockbusters. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot. That the whole family went to see, and. I think that was the thing that really launched the uh, MCU into uh, into the cultural titan that it is. People started going to see those films. They were events. They were hooked. They were events that everyone would go and see. Everyone had to see the latest Marvel film because not only were they stuff that you had to see to understand what would happen in next films, at least they were backing up with great quality films. There were some hiccups along the way, like For the Dark World. Oh, yeah. Or... Uh, Captain Marvel. Age of Ultron. Captain Marvel. More, defi- more underwhelming films like Iron Man 3 or Age of Ultron, but steadily enough, um, Marvel was growing in their quality I, I'm, and their I'm filmmaking. Really, I'm really happy you did not mention Captain Marvel because... Well, I mean, at this point, it's, they're not... It was, that is my least favourite Marvel film <laughs> for many reasons that I can't even remember. Like, genuinely, yeah. it was just so boring and forgettable. Well, you could talk all about that. All we... about that when we do the MCU binge slash review. It's okay. It's, it's not though, is it? It's fine. It's you'll not. be you'll be fine. <laughs> You're forcing me to watch Morbius. How is it fine? I I it's not fine. But exactly, that, you, not... <laughs> you just said it was fine. I did, but <laughs> uh, uh, just shush. Well, let, let's uh, get on back on track. Uh, just go so, sit in. Just go sit in the corner. Don't tell me to sit in the corner. I'm the one with the microphone. Well, it's in between. It's in but... between. <sighs> yeah. Marvel um, quickly became such a substantial uh, culture icon. Such like a broom. with their films. So so much so that they became the de facto name that most people think of. They became when the, you think superheroes. Yeah. When you think of superheroes, most people most people would say Marvel, or if you ask them what they preferred, they would say Marvel. Even if they've only just seen the films and they've never read the comics or watched any of the TV shows or have done anything, watch anything else other than the films. Okay, <laughs> DC is better. Okay. I will st- uh, I will die uh, on that hill. Okay, just calm down. <laughs> calm. Sorry. Deep I breath. Just... Deep breath. <sighs> deep breath. It's like Marvel has become the golden standard for yeah. when it comes to superheroes. Sorry, I, I, I unlocked some 
childhood trauma there. I've always had a, um, conversations with yeah, but, several people yeah, but, about... But, um, Batman's my favourite Marvel hero. Oh, people like that are so fucking... Oh. But Marvel has essentially become the standard for what Mar- superhero... For, uh, in, in the 21st century and in the 2010s especially, they became the standard of what Marvel... Uh, superhero films should be. It's like Pixar when it comes to animation. Like yeah. P- Pixar is the like the the golden like the what gold every, standard of what you should expect. What what things are expected to be. But ironically, it's like it, Pixar's success mirrors Marvel's success against DC. Pixar, yeah, but, yeah, but not has gone down way. in quality. I'd argue. But that's only because I don't yeah. like the films as much. I still think they're great, but they're not as good. But DreamWorks have gone up. Jesus Christ, DreamWorks. DreamWorks has gone up. Like, and it's the same with Mar- <laughs> it's, in, it's the same with Marvel and DC. Marvel's gone down, and I'll go, I will I will argue that DC has been better than Marvel in since, recent years. since 2021. They had two films in 2021: The Suicide Squad and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Marvel had. Um, they had Venom that they'd be kind of true, which isn't Marvel Marvel, but that was made by still Sony, but part. that's still part of Marvel brand. They also had all the films that we've mentioned before, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and No Way Home. There's like, and even though it has less films, I'm going to say, overall quality, DC was miles better than what Marvel was. Suicide Squad is personally one of my favourite films. Not 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 the first one. I should say the Suicide Squad. Yeah. As James, lo- James, uh, James Gunn, as much we as much as we love you, man, you re- really needed to pick a better title than the Suicide Squad because it's, it gets really because no one like no wonder people. <laughs> whenever I'm talking to someone, they're like, "Oh, have you seen the Suicide Squad?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw that, that when it came out in 2016." I'm like, "No, the sequel, the better one." The J- James Gunn's just gonna be listening to this and be like. James Gunn, if you're, if, for God's sake, okay. he's just going to be bear in mind, slamming Sonny, his we, are, we do have sensitive microphones. Those, when you, every, t- every time you make a noise, like hit the table, the microphones are going to pick it up. That's, no, no, that's that's the point. I don't. We don't need that. that. Was that was the point to get the point across that Look, James, James Gunn, James Gunn will be furious. James Gunn, if you're listening, oh, I'm sorry. I could come help you at DC. Just e- email me or. Follow me on Instagram. I will pu- plug it at the end. Just, you know, I will help you write, direct. I will even act in some of your DC stuff. Let me know. Your, I will be down. In your dreams. I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself. This is episode two. <laughs> we are only on episode two. And he's already well, said... Well, you can't, you can't be like that. Because you were even saying, like, oh, James Gunn, you're probably listening. You were just... Like that in no, the I said microphone. James, if you're, if you're listening... Which is not probably listening, unfortunately. ASMR. No ASMR. No. Okay. <laughs> have you people put put some socks on, people? Get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You get your socks on. You put on socks before we started because you well, knew I was going to make a joke about you not wearing socks. Yeah, and I also went out in the garden to water the plants, and I usually get my socks wet. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. Well, chart the hose is broken. Mist is not mist. It's mist is a jet, and right. I don't even know what flat is when it comes to hose terms. But f- ho- is it flat, like just, just like a straight line? Yeah, like but, a horizontal line. Yeah, but flat with mist. Oh, and like, what's cone? Oh, what? Oh, 
cone. What's cone when it comes to hose terms? I'm getting sidetracked. I'm assuming it's care. just the outer rim, like an outer circle, like water that comes out. Yeah, well, that shower, according to our hose. Yeah. Oh, well. It's uh, discoloured as well. But as we I were saying, it, Marvel, um, up to Endgame, um, Marvel, especially during Phase 3 of Marvel, which started with Captain America Civil War in 2016 and ended with um, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. That is easily Marvel's strongest phase to date in terms of quality, filmmaking. It's just, it, it, in general, I think it was, and it's also probably the one that's made the most money. Golf claps. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, and I think most people will agree, most Marvel fans will agree, all the films as of late and all the, and the, all the shows as well not reached the heights of its previous three phases. No, so hasn't. clearly, something's changed, and there's pro- there's several reasons that they've probably changed, and if contrib- and this has contributed to the belief of superhero fatigue because people like wouldn't have this conversation. I mean, it was sparked by Scorsese in 2019 with Endgame mm-hmm. and how that grossed a billion, two billion dollars, mm-hmm. but. Um, no one had the, this as a proper conversation back then because everyone loved Endgame and everyone loved yeah uh, everyone loved Joker. People like Joe really like Joker. People like um, Far From Home. I know some people, especially on this podcast, don't like Captain Marvel. But 2019 was uh... a strong year for superhero films, so no one was having this conversation. But it's a conversation that's happening now. So um, something's changed and. There are several reasons. I'd say there's two reasons, mainly that it's contributed to this. Uh, I, I, I tell a lie. There's three, and that's just uh, I've only just thought of this now. But uh, um, the first and the one I've only just thought of uh, is Endgame itself, um, which. If you haven't seen Endgame yet... What are you doing? What are you doing? You're listening to this podcast. And You're you listening to this podcast. You're you not seen Endgame. Seen Endgame. I mean, I'm, I'd be surprised if there isn't a person on Earth who hasn't seen Endgame because it's at the time it was the high. I think it was the highest. Other I than other I than can't... people that weren't born at the time. <laughs> I know, but I I I remember when everyone was arguing, would it gross more than Avatar? Because and I think Avatar's reget uh, again become the highest grossing because it was re released. My favorite film of all time is Avatar Two. <laughs> We can't be doing. We're doing uh, come fly with me. We can't be doing come fly with me references on here, especially um, those in brown face. Oh yeah, well, yeah. To be fair, true. But it's just a. Either though, he's a great character. He's a great character. Though he's a character, my, though a character that hasn't particularly aged well. He was my favorite character. Obvious reasons. He just seems so wholesome. Yeah. He's just. He was. He's just funny as well. Is he rolling? Is he rolling? Don't lie. Is he rolling? Do you get me? You get me. You have me got. You have me got. <laughs> uh, but Endgame, um, it contributes it in, to superhero fatigue in a way because it was the culmination of 11 years worth of storytelling that began that began all the way back in 2008 with Iron Man. Jeez. You were, that was the year you were born. That I'm was a, the year I was born. I think a couple of days, you were born a couple of Days later, after I saw it. Wait, let me check this. Hang on. You, you continue, I'll check this. You can check the dates. But I remember seeing it in the cinema with my dad, with our dad. It was just... And that was the first... And I, I'm an OG. I'm an OG Marvel fan. 
or MCU fan more specifically, but it was twelve days after my birthday. It came out. Oh, so you were born? No, I was not even alive. Hey, what? Oh, before, oh, before. I thought you said after. Sorry. No. Um. So yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. I saw it opening day with dad, and yeah. So I've been watching all of them ever since. I've missed out some in cinemas. There are some I can say I've missed out in the cinemas, but only because I didn't have the time. And also, I just there were films I wasn't interested in because the the appeal there was no there was not an appeal to go see them. Especially when you're kids, you don't know characters like Guardians of the the at the time. I didn't know. No the one Gu- knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. No one knew who Ant Man was. No one who no one knew who Doctor Strange was. Those were the films I didn't see in cinemas because I didn't know them. Yeah. All the other films I saw were the sequels to Iron Man, Four, Captain America, Avengers. Avengers, but it wasn't until um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three that I uh, not Volume Three, Volume Two in 2017 that I started watching all of them mm-hmm. in cinemas opening weekend because spoilers would come out easily because internet and people online are fuckers. Um, and yeah, I I've been watching them ever since. But Endgame was the culmination of that amount of story, like 11 years worth of storytelling that began with Iron Man. And although it's left room for the franchise to continue past this, the initial, uh, not multiverse, Infinity Saga, as they've now called it, um, Endgame served as the perfect jumping off point for um, those who are happy with how it's concluded. But those who were like, okay, I think from here on out, Marvel may never peak like Endgame did. Like They won't reach the heights of Endgame ever again. Which... To this day, they still haven't. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have with Nowhere Home, but that's another. That's like more to do with nostalgia and a natural like feeling, like quality storytelling. But um, it, it loads of people. I know a load of friends who haven't watched a, a Marvel or TV show since Endgame. They just, they stopped at Endgame because they were happy with the conclusion to uh, the regional cast, the original six Avengers. Uh, their arcs and their storylines, they were happy with how that ended and they just had no appeal to watch it from there on out. So in DC's case, uh, it's a bit different because their cinematic universe was already on the rocks because it was rushed and uh, Warner Brothers kept meddling in their films. So it it doesn't apply to... uh, While this point doesn't apply to um, DC, it is mostly Marvel's doing, but... At that point, people had no reason to watch any more Marvel, uh, Marvel films because it concluded the characters they cared most about. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Um, I think an- another reason, um, and it's the mo- it's probably the most obvious reason, uh, superhero fatigue's a thing, or maybe not the most obvious, but it's the one that probably contributes it to the most, is the pandemic. You know, that, that happened... And not only did all the films that were filming at the time um, or beginning to preparing to begin filming, uh, they they shut down. Batman, the Batman was filming at the time, but they had to shut that down. They were only a quarter of a way through filming uh, the Batman when COVID happened, and they had to shut the film down. Luckily, they were still able to make a pretty good first trailer for the marketing, which is. Surprising since it was only um, a quarter filmed, but um, everything shut down. 
every yeah. film and TV show that were filming had to shut down or that were beginning to film had to shut down um, because COVID, COVID happened. And not only did films shut down, uh, cinemas did as well. No one could go to the cinema to see um, latest blockbuster because we didn't, we couldn't be in public with people. We had to isolate. There was a full two years between Marvel films. Far From Home came out in July 2019. I don't know the exact date, but I definitely know whatever date it was. It was a day. It was a couple of days after yeah. Black Widow's uh, day release mm-hmm. in July 2021. So we had a whole two years without Marvel films and any other like big blockbusters, um, which meant everyone had to find other forms of entertainment. Some people went to um, streaming platforms. Some people went to Pornhub. Some people went to YouTube. Cha. Oh, don't worry, I don't fall into Pornhub category. Okay, good. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it's just... I don't know why I had to say that. But... Yeah, no, you, did, you really didn't, did you? But that's, uh, I think um, everyone had to find a new way of entertainment. And with the rise of streaming now, fewer people go to see films in the cinemas, especially of different genres. They People wait now to, before they see films. Unless it's like something that people have very popular word of mouth, or people say, oh, you need to go see it, or people are very excited for a film, they want a particular film they want to see. You don't go see films now unless um, for a particular reason. You just wait until it's on streaming, on streaming side like Netflix or Amazon. Uh, uh, another uh, reason uh, for superior fatigue, and it's because of the pandemic. Um, Marvel had to delay many of their planned films and TV shows, and DC had to delay some stuff as well because of COVID. Like, uh, it very isolated sort of process of making stuff, and it led to the third reason, which is the sudden decision for companies to focus on quantity over quality yeah in marvel's case phase four not only introduced several new shows on their dis on disney plus because obviously marvel's owned by disney they had they released their tv show content on disney plus they had eight seasons of shows i can't remember how many on the top of my head but they that phase phase four alone consisted of eight films which were all released over the period of less than a year and a half, which all vary in quality. We obviously discussed how you feel about them and some, mm-hmm. and how I feel about some of them, but um, all of them varied in quality. And I think most fans would agree that the recent projects they're just not up to standards as they used to be. No. Not as good as um, fa- phases one or two, especially not three. No, nothing's topped free so far. None, absolutely nothing. It, it just with the sex, excessive amount of TV shows you have to watch now, and how more divisive the films are. Like it's, but no wonder people don't wanna don't watch everything now because like there's it's so much so... to watch, and you can't guarantee it's gonna be something that you go, you're gonna like. It's just so overwhelming. But it's not just Marvel either. It, like so many films, even like. I think DC less to a less extent because they they rarely have films now because obviously they didn't know where to go with some of the films they planned. But um, Sony really are really trying to push their own 
as they call it, the Sony's Spider-Man universe, or SSU for sure, which consists of Venom from 2018. Uh, it also has um, the sequel, yeah, Morbius from 2022, uh, which I don't want to talk about until we have to do a review on it. <laughs> I can't back out from this now. I've signed a contract. You signed the contract with I your own blood it. to the devil. Did I sign it with my own blood? I am. You've got the devil. What? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there's probably more reasons to consider about what could cause superhero fatigue, but I think those are the key reasons. Those are just the main points. But despite all that, I personally don't think superhero films are out of the water just yet. I don't think that the, the genre as a whole, again, we'll get to the whole genre thing because I said we'd get that at some point. But I don't think superhero films are dead as a concept. No, they're not. Because uh, there have been very good exceptions over the past three years, in the, especially in the COVID, past post-COVID um, era. The Suicide Squad and The Batman were DC's best films since... Um, the Dark Knight, in my humble opinion, or Joker. I do think I do Joker. think Joker's good, but I, I I think it's underrated in my opinion. It's underrated, but um, I don't think it. Uh, especially it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I just the Suicide Squad and the Batman were just honestly great bits Brilliant. of fresh air. Yeah. Although you could say the Suicide Squad doesn't count because it was all filmed before COVID happened, so. Probably mm-hmm. doesn't count, but still, they had to make, they had to edit it, they had to do the CGI, you know, they had to do post-production during COVID, so thank God it turned out as good as it did. Yeah. Uh, but the ba- the Batman, in my opinion, is the best example of a superhero film being good. I think... It is just a great film. And not just, and not just like, oh, it's a film that everyone gets everyone to talk about and it's good, like No Way Home is good, or Shang-Chi's good... The Batman is a great example because... It's the best example because not only is it a good film, it proves what superhero films used to be and can be. Because no longer... We, 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 I didn't go into it watching... Uh, hoping to watch a uh, the first part of a new phase of DC films that lead to the uh, big climax where Superman and the rest of the Justice League fight Darkseid. I was watching... A gritty, noir-driven, ca- like, character-driven, um, three-hour. Like, I'll tell you what it felt like. Seven. It was seven. That, that was, that it was, was a mix of seven, Saw. Chinatown. Not really. Well, Saw. Cause there's... You don't know what Chinatown is, though, do you? No, I have no clue. No. But that's one of the no. things that Matt Reeves decided as his inspiration for the film. But mm. it was dark. It was gritty. Um, it had a tone to it. It had a style to it. And also, the filmmaking on... The, display was brilliant um it was just it's just it's a great looking film Mm -hmm. and it's a great sounding film the sound design's great the score's brilliant i love the score the cinematography's great the visuals and everything about it just uh sound wise and looks wise just great and it proves that you know superhero films don't have to just be nameless Action films. They don't, you, you, they don't have to be films where you just have to shut off your brain yeah. and look at the flashy colours. And I wasn't just, like, and like I was saying, I wasn't watching the first bit of a future cinematic universe. I wasn't just watching homework or set up for f- the future of a cinematic universe. I was just watching a film, a film that, that, that I was loved. 
a film that was made with passion, care and love by Matt Reeves, who is an auteur director. And he had a clear vision for what he wanted. Um, with that all in mind, um, what would you say, in order to avoid superhero fatigue, what would you say superhero films should do going forward? I I have a I think I've got a, a thing they should do. An answer. I have an answer. Um, do you have one? Yeah. My answer would be take your time. Take your time. That's, that's... Quality Quality is utterly, like a thousand times better than quantity mm. when it comes to films. Yeah. Because it, it, if you favour quality, it makes the build-up to the film so much more worth it. Well, it just doesn't, it doesn't mean we have to keep watching so much because... It's there not were so like... many films released in less than a year and a half for Marvel. And so many shows as well. And so many shows. They had so much content to watch. And most of it was underwhelming or just not that good. I mediocre. Skipped, I skipped several... Like I say several. I skipped most of the shows because of how like boof and in your face it was. Because they were... I just don't know. They weren't hmm. good. But I think especially with like using the Batman as a great, exa- as a great example, superhero films just need to stand out. Yeah, they need, and that that may sound obvious, but um, they need to be made so that they're unique and special. Because right now, back then, like we didn't have that many superhero shows, superhero films and shows. But especially during the early two thousands, we obviously had stuff like that, but it was a rare occurrence. And most of them were good. Some of them were okay. Some of it, but when they were good, they were great. They were great. You had. The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Spider-Man tril- the Spider-Man Trilogy, yeah. the X-Men films when they were good. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a thing that I, you, me once heard. It was a stand-up pair, comedy duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were called Marvel Us, and they were doing a parody oh, of Marvel stuff. Do you remember them? That was brilliant. And one of the funniest things they said, is, said was, right, we're not recapping any of the X-Men films, anything else. And then one of them just said, yeah, if you ask me, Logan's the least shit of them all, or something like that. He said, just mm. like, oh, and people were like, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, Logan's still great. I think it's one of the best superhero films, but <laughs> it's it, ironically, it is the least shit X-Men film because of that. And the one of my favourite bits about it is that the only film they didn't talk about was Captain Marvel. Well, that's what... They, because they, they agreed. Did, they did skip a few, didn't they? A few. No, they didn't. They, they they did everything. No, they skipped quite a few. There were some they skipped because they were. Oh like... no, but they noticed that they skipped it and said, "Oh no, this is the worst Marvel film." Oh, fair enough. They did. I can't remember of them, but I, have... I remember that Logan bit really stuck with me because it's quite funny and ironically, it it makes sense. Yeah, this it... is it here. It's marvelous. All the movie, all the Marvel movies, kind of the, the unofficial, unofficial Marvel, Marvel parody show. show. And oh, they at, were great. At the front was a... Oh, they had they had the Infinity Gauntlet at, at the front of the stage. Uh, this was performed at the Harlow Playhouse in the top theatre. But it and was... And they had a gl- the Infinity Glove on stage, but it was... Yellow. It was a yellow... It was a... a latex yellow glove on a wooden stand with gummy bears sticked on <laughs> with gum With gummy bears sticked where the Infinity Stones Each of the colour of the Infinity Stones, they had a form of Harry bows stuck to it. It was a... Um, I can't remember what the name of the... Glove is called. Cool. I called it the Fainus Gauntlet. The Fainus Gauntlet. Yeah. Why the Fainus Gauntlet? Fainus. Anus. 
Is this in reference to the Ant-Man theory? Like, that he could crawl up? No, it's just because it looked really bad. Right. Yellow glove cleaning. I'm just trying to think of the name. I remember... Because we have them at work. I work in Dorrington's. I... I uh, Bread. Glove cleaning is what they... Um, what? I can't remember what they're called. Well, they're just gloves. But they, yeah, but they've got a specific name, haven't gloves, they? Gloves are gloves. Just imagine rubber yellow gloves. That you wash the dishes with. So, like, those, uh, yeah. those gloves. Those gloves. <laughs> yeah, but they're yellow. Yeah. Instead of blue. Yeah, blue. But, um, where were we? We were, I've lost where we were. We were at. I'm trying to remember. Oh, they need to. Um, we didn't have that many superhero films uh, in the early 2000s, uh, but they come. They came more prevalent with the success of the Avengers. It seems like the Avengers was um, the staple was point. The, the was the moment that superhero films became as successful as they were as and they as now. popular as they are now. But um, we didn't have that many, and when they did come out, most of them were genuinely. Great. They were great to sit down and watch. You were like, oh yeah, but right, this is pretty cool. Now, with so much out there, it's very hard for a comic book film to stand out. Everything's just the the superhero landscape now is just is crowded and it's ever growingly repetitive. Um referring back to Fury of the Gods, which I will unique. I will say again, is a film that is a lot better than most people would give it credit for. It's not great. It's not perfect. And it's not the best superhero film of all time, but it's not the worst superhero film of all time. And it's it's an honestly fine film and a decent watch. Yeah. You can have a lot of fun with it. However, I don't it ne- you and me agree that it doesn't reach the heights of the first film. No. And I think that's because in an attempt to go big in scale like most superhero films, it meant that the film lost the heart and soul that made the first film so great. Good. And it, instead we got something a bit more generic. Bland. It ends up, it just ends up like any other big budget blockbuster. Mm. If it get, and it, the, going back to the, the idea of standing out, it doesn't highlight what makes the Shazam franchise, the IP interesting, which is, is it, this is a problem that's indicative of a, on a larger scale. It's a, this is indicative of a, is, this is indicative of a bigger problem that I've got the words out. That was very... It was very hard for me to get those words out. Um, and that's genre. And I did say before, I'd get, at some point, I'd get back, I'd get to, um, uh, genre. Mm. I wouldn't say superhero is a genre. No, it's not. As, more, as much as it is a framing device for... The story you want to tell, almost like animation. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's something you can only tell in that media, with few exceptions. Most superhero films nowadays they just they could be categorized as action adventures with maybe um, some sprinkled in with a few bits of artistic flair from the directors or the writers, but most of them with heaps of mid comedy. Yeah. And there's again, there are some great exceptions out there, but when nearly every superhero film is made with the exact same tone and style of storytelling, it's just boring. and especially the same um, 
subpar filmmaking. If you're just making the film without giving anything to make it stand out, you're just doing the basics. Over, especially with some of the stuff, over half a dozen, with the amount of films there are now, I think maybe over half a dozen are coming out every year now from Marvel and DC and other studios. So things are going to start feeling re repetitive. Which they already have, yeah. As we've seen, so many so many films in Phase Four have been criticised as being the same old, same old. It seems to be a the same old, just bland, boring it's, it's, plates of yeah. food. So in my eyes, I think it's like school dinners. Just mm. the I same. think filmmakers they need to start expanding on the genre, as well as find the highlights or the things that make their superhero film special or the, su the their superhero special. What makes them unique? That makes them stand out from the rest. But you can't just see something so superficial because there's films that have claimed to have been um, different from the rest and have ended up being the same old, same old. Black Widow was promoted as a gritty spry... spry I said spry. Spry. <laughs> it was promoted as a very gritty spy thriller in the vein of the Bourne films. It was... Oh, um, and it was meant... To, was it... Okay, it was kind of a spy thriller. Well, no, it, it that's was, what it was supposed to be. That's what they promoted it as. It Love and Thunder, a romantic comedy, and the Multiverse of Madness was promoted you... as the first proper horror film in the MCU. Why would you have a god killer inside of a romantic comedy? Again, for the review later on. <laughs> and, and while the first two acts of Black Widow, I think you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't mind Black Widow for the first two acts. I think no. there are problems, but for the first two acts, I think it's a solid film. Nah. And there are glimmers of um, the Sam Raimi-isms and the Evil Dead-inspired horror in Doctor Strange 2. You yeah, know, I didn't mind it. But both films... but. Unfortunately, both films ended up falling into the same generic made-by-committee structure and feel as the rest of Marvel films. Some, like... <laughs> and if you ask me, the strongest moments of those films are the ones where they don't fall into the typical Marvel formula. When the moments where they special. do... A, yeah, the moments where they do attempt to be a gritty spy thriller or a campy horror flick. But for Love and Thunder, we're not going to talk about that because it fails at being a romantic everything. comedy. It, it fails at being a romantic comedy. It, <laughs> it just fails at everything. It's it's not even funny. I, I know what people are probably thinking. Well, that's just your opinion. You don't have to take my word for it. It's, again, it's just my opinion. Opinions are like arseholes. We all have them, and they fucking stink. Oh. But again, and that's my opinion. But Ooh. you don't have to. <laughs> oh. Don't do the Ooh. Don't do the ooh. Ooh. You don't have to take my word for it uh, either. You just, I mean, just look at the films in the superhero genre. I don't like keep saying it genre, but I'm gonna have to refer it to genre. it. As much as I don't think it's a genre, I'm gonna have to refer it to it as such because this we can't say anything else. Just look at other films in the superhero genre and the way some of them bend their genres. Uh, you look at films like Logan, which is a neo western, The Dark Knight, mm. a crime thriller. For Ragnarok was an absurdist comedy. Hmm. I mean, even, as we said before, Jazam, what was special about that was it was a coming-of-age story all under the guise of a Christmas film, which was released in April. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas in April. I don't know why you would 
And it's the same, I think, um, Iron Man 3, which is also set at Christmas and has some so Christmas stuff in it. I think that was released in May. Don't start seeing Christmas films. So We're in May. Can we... Did you, you said sing Christmas films. Oh, Christmas songs. You know what I mean? It's... We've, we've probably been recording for over an hour. Yeah, we probably we, we've been recording over an hour. So we started this at like I didn't six expect o'clock. I didn't expect it to be as long as it was, but obviously was, I thought it would be like a good forty minutes. But we've gone on quite a bit, so we'll try and wrap up as soon as possible. But as I was saying, uh, Logan, Dark Knight, Raw Ragnarok, Shazam, they are all distinct in their tone and styles. They all have got something unique about them that highlights the the best bits about those characters and the filmmakers and just the the that what could make the superhero genre special mm. and the, if you look at all these films they are generally considered some of the best in the industry yeah so in short <laughs> my answer to is superhero fatigue real and is it happening now to an extent I do think it's real. But I don't think the fatigue is with the idea of superheroes. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, I mean, everyone everyone would have abandoned the MCU after Endgame. No one would have watched anything after than that. And like, people uh, would have been going to see every Batman and, superhero f- and uh, Superman big, film that comes big, out. Big Purple Man is now gone. I can't be asked. Yeah. And people want to go see every time, every time there's a new Batman or Superman. Or Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man. People wouldn't go see that. And they wouldn't be as financially successful as they are. Which they are. So, I think the fatigue is less to do with the superhero genre and superhero films. As more on... And and less on superheroes as a concept. And more on so many films now being mediocre and unoriginal. That happen to feature superheroes. I think... To thrive in an overly saturated market where the rhythm and beats of the genre have been painfully distilled by so much repetition, I think it's important for filmmakers to try something new. Mm-hmm. So, as of now, I would say um, the superhero genre um, can get f- fatigued. Is that a word? That's not a word. F- superhero fatigue is happening. But it can't. But it's not for the reasons that people think it is happening, and it could stop if just you know people start caring as they used to. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think that's everything. That's I everything. think that's everything. All right. Before we go, yeah. Do you do your outro? I I, I, have, uh, I have to say an important message. For what? The you you see. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, it's not that important. Well, I don't, just... I don't... I don't... I think there was something else I had to mention. Like, oh, Guardians 3. Especially after Guardians... Films like Guardians 3. Well, obviously, the this question was brought up in response to... Um, uh, the performance of Free of the Gods and... Quantumania with critics and at the box office. But films like Guardians of the Galaxy, Frolium 3, especially prove... That the superhero genre is not dead. James Gunn made the perfect bookend to his masterpiece of a trilogy. It had style, it had humour, it had emotion, 
It had great character development. Everything about this film is perfect. And I would argue it's Marvel's best film since Endgame. Better No Way Home. I said this when I came out of the cinema with you and mum when we saw it. I went directly on Instagram and I said, oh, people should go see this film. This is Marvel's best film since Endgame. Yeah. And I still believe it. I honestly believe it because I think, like, you may still like No Way Home for the nostalgia um, aspect. Good for you. I don't mm. disagree with that. But I think, as a whole, you sh- you can't deny that Guardians 3 was made with passion and love. And yeah. it's proof that if given care and attention and if you put your heart into it, uh, superhero films can be art. They can be art, yeah. But I think that's everything. That is everything. So, um, thank you all for listening for over an hour. Yeah. Um, we did well have done. to. We did have to um, cut this uh, video towards the beginning. I can't remember what bit we did cut out, but it, this is uh, so. It was sixteen minutes in. I it was believe. sixteen minutes in or something. But you're not gonna. Hopefully, you're not gonna hear it in the video. But um, if you, not, you might, you might notice when. Where if it you is. will deal with it. <laughs> but we had to cut. Uh, 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 a couple minutes into maybe not a couple minutes 16 minutes in we had to cut it so you might hear the jarringness of uh, where it cuts it might be clunky hopefully it isn't I I do hope to edit edit this uh, these two these two audio clips together and I hope they are um, (laughs) they 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 go seamlessly but um, thank you all for listening for over an hour this is a lot longer than the introduction episode which was just a second under 30 minutes yeah it's it was. I think it was no. I think it was thirty minutes exactly. I. Uh, it might have been. I don't know. Right. Uh, but you but, say what yeah, you got. Before we Actually, go, no, 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 yeah, uh, give me a sec. I'll do. I'll do this first. Then you say what you can. All right. Um. Yeah. Thank you all for listening again. This is our second episode, and we hope to. We're planning on doing another one tomorrow, when we review Into the Spider Verse in time to see Across the Spider Verse yeah. on on Friday, and once that's uh once we do that episode, we're planning on doing. A review, I'd say Sunday, on Across the Spider Verse. Give a couple of days, uh, just to you know process the film, mm-hmm. and then we could give our review on it. Um, spoiler free or spoiler filmed, we still haven't decided. Spoiler warning. <laughs> I think what we should do is first section non spoiler. Uh, second section, I go spoiler warning. And then from there, it's spoilers. I wonder if you could do a timestamp in the... Vi- no, we probably can't. It's not YouTube. No, I'll have to do the wee-oo-wee. Yeah, but people aren't going to know when the spoilers end, do they? Because we'll have to say something at the end when we do the outro. You know, well, we have to say something important. We'll decide when we get to it. But, um... <laughs> mm. but, uh, so that's what we're going to plan with. Tomorrow, there'll be another episode um, reviewing Into the Spider-Verse. We'll give our thoughts on that film. Uh, and really... after, And then after that... This is going to be a weekly podcast every Sunday. Sometimes we'll do episodes during the week, but that depends on the subject and how urgent the subject needs to be out there. But apart from that, uh, do let us know if you've enjoyed this episode and what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Uh, because, quite frankly, there is... Because um, we do have ideas, but this is got, that's not going to cover... Uh, I don't know how long this podcast will go on for, but that's not going to be enough. So... Do give us some suggestions on what um, we could cover in the future, if you can. I'll see if I could um, edit the podcast so that you, we could get suggestions sent in. 
I think we got a voice video earlier, so maybe you can ask us questions there. You or can. I might just see if I could get uh, answers sent in, like typed answers. Thank in. you for the voice message, Jacob. <laughs> I know. It oh, is he you. called Dave Batista, as he called it? Yeah. I think he was trying to say Dave Batista. Yeah. But he's dyslexic, so he he's, doesn't. He's not dyslexic, he's just a bit and stupid. <laughs> he's just, I'm sorry, Jake, but you can, you can be a. You can really be stupid sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to hate us next time. He He's not going to hate us. Like, you could ask his older brother and he would agree. <laughs> yeah, Luke would agree. Luke would agree. Luke would agree. But, uh, yeah, so if you've got any suggestions on future episodes, uh, episodes, I'm having a stroke. To Breathe in. <laughs> Breathe out. Okay, thank no, you. You're welcome. Do be sure to let us know. And my alarm just went off. That should be time for it, us to finish soon. But I'll attend to that in a sec. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, so do let us know uh, if there's any ideas for future episodes. Ooh. If there are any areas of improvement, any aspects of the show that could be done better, in your opinion, do let us know as well. You could do that and give us ideas by messaging me on Instagram at brooksy underscore 322. Brooksy spell... B-R-O-O-K-S-Y, all lowercase. Or what my important message was, well, you can't really contact us on here, but I, I've made a TikTok account for us. Mm-hmm. That is at Babylon Brooks's, at Babylon Brooks's, all lowercase. Uh, uh, B-A-B-B-L-I-N-B-R-O-O-K-S-E-S. Babylon Brooks's. Um, yeah. I'll be probably posting some audio clips of mm-hmm. us on here because we. You already started one from uh, the thing yesterday when we were talking about um, yeah. the name of the show. Yeah. And how I thought it was a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. But I'll be posting some clips of that on here. Yeah, so let us know if there's any areas of improvement, anything you would like to hear in the future. Um, if you think any of your friends and family might be interested in what we have to say, let them know and spread the word. We do want to. Uh, this is. Not something we want to do full time. It's a passion project. But it's a passion project. It's something to do over the summer, especially since I'm off uni and I won't be going back until September because I broke up in March. uh, Mm -hmm. I I didn't break up in March. I I broke up around Easter. I finished uni around then. So I hope um, I could do this in the meantime until I have to go back for uni uh, in September. Um, But yeah, if you you think anyone's interested, just share it because we want to grow this thing. We do. Maybe I will set up monetization because probably want to get paid to do this. Maybe. I think you can now that we've. I won't make a subscription. I don't think I would make a subscription, but I would like to set up something. Maybe you could give people give you tips or something like that. I think you was it. I think now you can sub like do the monetization uh, things because this is the second episode. Episode. Oh god. That is true. That is true. I had a stroke. But. You burped. That's what I you need. Did. I need another gingerbread man. You're not getting. Yeah. We're supposed to be a professional podcast. Is that what you really expected of me? Professional? Not really. <laughs> I hope for the best. Professional. If you're gonna have a gingerbread, you gotta give, give me a gingerbread. Give me. All right, that's a deal then. All right, thank you. I can't get it out of the jar. They're soft. Anyway, this has been Babbling Brooks's. Once again, I'm Charlie. I'm Sonny. <laughs> Thanks. Wait. Yeah, I'm coming back. I need to finish my mouthful. Um, um, Are you going to finish at some point? I should ASMR with this. Just Do chew. not ASMR no, okay, with I'm a gingerbread. Just... <laughs>
Okay, it doesn't make any noise. It's not crunchy. Just say your name. And... My name is Sonny. Thanks for listening. Be good people. Bye.